Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here. As always, and we're here to give our thoughts and react to Aston Villa nil, Burnley nil. Um, a very interactive and engaging nil-nil in terms of uh, feedback from our followers on Twitter and, of course, those who listen to the podcast, which is interesting um, since it's nil-nil. But nonetheless, of course, it's not just me here. I'm always here with my good friend, Danny Raza. Danny, how you doing? I feel numb. <laughs> Linkin Park numb. That's that's where I'm at right now. Lincoln Park featuring Jay Z Nom. That's where I'm at. Um, I don't. That was that was the most one-sided nil-nil I've seen in my life. Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it felt that way. This made me want to throw out my computer. That's what it made me want to do. I imagined it was a football manager game. <laughs> it gave me it gave me flashbacks to all the times I've reloaded oh. saves because. That was some BS, Cole. Uh, come on, you just exposed yourself as a safe scummer. <laughs> I, I know, I exposed myself. <laughs> it's it's fine. What do you want me to do? I, if I've if I've spent four hours getting to a certain point in this, if I've made it to the FA Cup final on a, on a save, right? I'm not throwing that out. I'm, you know, it's just it's fine. It's a part of the game. You're allowed to do that, but we can't do that now. Nil nil. We're gonna have to take the point. Oh, that's fair enough. And of course, you've already heard him. It's Sir Dom Phillips. He's making his second um, appearance and return to the Holt cast. So Dom, how you doing? Uh, it's a pleasure to be back on. I wish it was in better circumstances in the sense that, as Danny says, you know, I wish we could save Scum right now. I wish we could go back and just fix Conta's illness, maybe get a different, maybe get a bit more quality in, in the summer and just be able to have those finishing chances today. But and then I think it was also quite unlucky, but it's definitely one where the mood in the in the chat right now is quite it's quite frustrating let's be honest yeah it's really it, it, honestly i'm so I, I almost feel like i'm drunk or something asking if that really just happened that we had <laughs> i think the stat is that we had what 26 or 27, 27. shots on well shot attempts i should say yeah. and i think it was el ghazi grealish watkins and triore had 22 of them um <laughs> yeah <laughs> no nakamba screamer tonight unfortunately either i was just speaking it's on about that before it's on its way it's gonna break every universe possible that will break twitter that will break twitter when, <laughs> definitely when, will. When, oh that, that can't wait for the day absolutely but nonetheless guys let's dive right into it of course like i said nil nil to burnley our first draw of the season in which to be fair and i feel like i've been saying for the last few uh, opposition previews i've done with opposing fans i always felt like it's coming and definitely during the festive period you can kind of see that happening so what better way to kick it off than a nil nil with burnley so danny let's dive right into it. we'll dive right into the first half what were your thoughts on the first half i mean really i didn't really have any complaints from our standpoint Bro, was there even halves? The, 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 it was the same game throughout the entire match. But yeah, first half. First half, I suppose, that was when the big opportunities came. That's when we hit the bar a couple of times. And yeah, it just never looked like it was going in. I think I think let's let's start at the fact that we we had a lot of new players in the team. 
from from the last lineup. Obviously, Barkley's still out injured, and, and that that didn't help. But uh, Nakamba's in, House is in, uh, El Ghazi's in, Burton Traore's in. Uh, no, Burton Traore he played last week, didn't he? Well, whatever. He's 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 still getting game time. El Mahamedi he's in as well. I thought that. To be fair, Nakamba looks very, very tidy early on. You saw Anwar Al-Ghazi uh, starting to make a lot of um, forward runs, linking up quite well with Jack Grealish and Ollie Watkins. And uh, I just thought, well, we, we've got a score. Um, I thought we were dominating the game. I thought that it was everything was aiming towards a, a Villa, a Villa victory, uh, a Villa goal. And I didn't ever really feel like Burnley threatened us bar one four-on-three situation. Yeah, it's an interesting one when you look at it, especially in the first half. I mean, I can only think of the one clear-cut opportunity from Burnley's standpoint, and that was, I think, uh, a Brownhill cross um, into yeah. the box, and Emmy Martinez makes a, another fantastic save. I mean, Super Emmy at his finest. What a bargain he is turning out to be for even considering what we paid for him. But, Dom, I'll come to you next. What were your thoughts on the first half? And if you were kind of to, to pick one player that impressed you most in that half, who would it be? I mean, if I had to pick one player who impressed me most, I mean, as, as Danny says, like the, the game was was not a game of two halves. It was a, it was a game of one very long ninety minute spell of one Villa blur. just dominating, <laughs> but yeah, one blur. I can't remember any of it, to be honest. That's how, as you say, it's quite a strange sensation looking back on a game where you just like can't believe that just happened. But the standout player for me was Grealish, and I'm a, I'm a guy who for a long time has sort of supported the idea of playing Jack out left, keep him out left. I think it. I think he likes those one-on-one duels against the full-backs. I think it often has him a bit more space, a bit more freedom to roam. But the, the way he utilised the 10 roll today with Al Ghazi and Troy side of him was fantastic. He was at the heart of everything. He was winning his fouls. He was beating players. He was doing everything you want him to do, to be honest. And I, ju- I just thought he had a fantastic game. And considering he's playing in it, I know it's his natural position, so myself, but it's a different position nonetheless. It's a different, it's a similar role, but it's a different role. And he was top class. As you say, you know, Emmy's save. Just, I can't remember a, a game where Emmy Martinez hasn't made a save where I go, well, that's why we signed him. He, he is turning out to be, as you say, a bargain at 20 million. Arsenal with Leno right now, uh, you know, looking pretty, um, pretty shambolic, if you ask me. I think that um, Burnley never really threatened over the course of the game. I just think we were just so unlucky. El Ghazi had a really good chance with the free kick, had a couple of other good ones, but in the end, just need to have a better final ball and need to have a better finish when when the balls do come in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I feel like this podcast is going to be kind of going all over the place and it's the literally God-arnest truth when I say it's an absolute blur. I mean opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and it just didn't seem to go in and kind of throughout this podcast we're going to read out of course um, some of your listeners of course some of you listening probably got involved as well um, based on some of the people that kind of give us comments and uh, compliments after saying thanks for reading out my twitter comments so we'll kind of go over those of course if you want to get involved in the future it's at 7500 to Holt you can always tweet us after the game let us know your thoughts um, let's start here with not with uh, James Rushton's picture that just came back up on my phone um, if James is listening good to see you buddy um, we'll start it with uh let's see at rm 700 rm i I think this kind of sums it up best and danny i'll come to you with this one uh target practice is needed tomorrow (laughs) what does that sum it up for you (laughs) i think we should just stick a carrot inside the goal every time you every time you score a goal you can have a carrot a nice little festive treat um yeah I, i i don't know i think it's one of those things which i find it 
is it difficult to coach? I mean, a part part of me was thinking it's difficult to coach, but it wasn't that. Um, it wasn't that they were unlucky. Like the chat, like the the shots were bad. Like they were bad shots. You know, so so it, there, there was a couple of times for me. I think um, Anwar El Ghazi's kind of come into the area and he's passed it straight to the keeper. It wasn't him. It wasn't just him. It was Watkins as well. Watkins had another opportunity, um, passed it straight to the keeper. Now, getting yourselves in certain positions where it's difficult to score from, I understand. But you've got to have better instincts. You've got to be more switched on. You've got to be, you know, punishing the opposition when they let you, when they let you through like that. Because, you know, if if another team has 27 shots on target against Villa, you expect, you, you expect it to be a 4-0 drawing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not 27 shots on target. Sorry, 27 shots. So I just I just I just thought the finishing was bad. Uh, Anwar Ghazi, his shot choice was uh, questionable. I think we had the same discussion after the Stoke game. This is why he got a lot of stick for it. Um, by the way, way more that was warranted. We're not. Let's not go into that situation again. But you you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it was it was a similar situation with with that. Looked a more cre- most creative player to be fair to him. But um, yeah, just fluffing chance after chance and you just can't be doing that against Burnley because at the end of the day Tarkovsky and me both of them are gonna just block those shots for days yeah it's an interesting one like if you even if you look at the stats in general I mean uh 59 uh percent possession to us uh you look at dual success rate we had 52 percent to their 48 aerial duels one we had almost 53 to their 47 um they led in interceptions 16 to our nine uh, corners we had 11 they had one i i mean it kind of I, I don't want to call it complete domination but we were well and truly the better side and deserved all three points if i go back to twitter um at dan underscore avfc 88 says uh knew knew well it was one of those nights when we hit the bar twice still plenty of effort and a good performance overall so keeping kind of those thoughts in mind dom how do you feel about that because all those chances, I mean, you have to bury one of those. And even to what Danny said about Onra Ghazi, I mean, I think it was he had eight chances at one point. The the commentator said the most of anyone on, on the Villa side at that point in time. It, of course, that's a lot, and you think you have to bury one of those. But can does that maybe speak to his lack of playing time? Is it rustiness, or is that just typical Onra Ghazi? Um, I, th- I think... You know, a lot of the sentiments echoed in that tweet are quite accurate in the sense that we did have a good game. It was a, it was a good performance. You know, the finishing wasn't there and that that's inexcusable. We were creating lots of good chance. We were dominating the game. We we're moving the ball well and it was very smart. And that's with five first-team players out. In terms of El Ghazi, I, I don't want to say... It, it, is, it is tending to be, for me, typical Amor El Ghazi. And I think that just comes down to, I think, a lack of his own confidence because I think it's very easy to get on his back at times. And I know that footballers you know, get a lot of abuse. We've seen that with our guys. I'm not going to go into detail on it, but I think that he, you know, people like Grealish are now he's the best finisher at the club. We've seen he can have moments where he looks like a fantastic player, like the, you know, the goal against West Brom, for example, you know, his performance in the playoff final was mercurial. And, you know, especially in the first half today, I thought that his general play was outstanding when he'd beat three or four players and fashion a bit of space and thinking, oh my God, he's going to curl into the top corner. And then he'd let go of a shot that's a little bit weak. But at the end of the day, I do think Villa were very unlucky. Hawes' header hits the post. Although Watkins didn't really get any good service today. He continues to be one of our best players, in my view. Um, I thought El Ghazi, again, misses a few chances. But Jack misses a few chances. But again, you know, they're getting into these positions. And it's only a matter of time with more coaching, with more time, with more confidence and with more cohesion that 
you know, these missed chances that were being made to Rui, they're going to come into goals. And, you know, we were talking about it before, I think I can't remember if it was before an hour or not, but, you know, Dan was saying like, you know, Man City 1-1 West Brom, Liverpool 1-1 Fulham. The top teams have games where they just can't finish their dinner. And, you know, I think today might have just one of those days for Villa, but, you know, you know, on another day, we'd probably beat these four or five nil. So we'll take, it's, it's, an, it's a tough one to take on the chin, I think, as fans, but there's a lot of positives to take. And I think we have to try and see it from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the other player I want to focus on right now would be Bertrand Traore, of course. Um, he did start and you do obviously see people on Twitter who are literally one end of the spectrum or the other. There's literally no in between, I find, with people's perceptions of him. And if I go to Twitter again, um, at underscore porcelain, a uh, simple enough name, uh, says toothless and impotent. Once again, we ended up carrying Onwar Algazi and Bertrand Traore. Both were an absolute joke in front of goal, and I'm getting sick of seeing it. If we fail to significantly reinforce in January, there's no way Jack will uh, deserve to stay. He deserves better. I mean, that, I think that's a bit of a panic tweet. No offense if you're listening. Yeah, have uh, a glass of water, I think. Yeah, ha- have a listen to some soothing um, raindrops or something on your Alexa or Google if you have one of those and uh, just just chill out, have a nice, I don't know, have something that you enjoy and relax is what I'm getting at. But Danny, I'll come back to you. I mean, with the, that in mind, you go to that. And then if I also go to, to uh, Twitter again, Mark Wheatley says, shows our progress with the domination and disappointment here. Uh, compare this to the game last year when Heaton and Wesley were injured. I think El Ghazi has to come about as far or has come about as far as he can with us. Triary deserves more time. Next game might have Cash, Douglas, and Barkley back. So you're basically taking it from one extreme comment to another, which is a lot more modest and thinking, you know what, a point's a point. We can move on from here. And we're still missing players. Like where if you look at Bertrand as a player, where do you stand with him? Uh, I think Bertrand's getting better every game, to be honest. I I, I understand that People are frustrated. When's the goal going to come? When's the, you know, when are the assists going to come? Look, he's, he was a, he was a what, 17 million pound player. So when you pay that much for a player, you expect them to come in and make a difference. Of course, they've got to do that. But not every player can be a goal machine. Like they need to catch a bit of form. Right now, Villa at the moment, they, they are lacking that finish. And it isn't the fault of any one player. You know, Grealish is snatching at chances. Watkins is snatching at chances. There's a little bit of a mini gold drought going on. And to be honest, right, Villa aren't really being punished for it. Like, that's that's one, <laughs> that's, that's one way of also looking at it. You know, Keenan Davis comes back on the side, comes back in this side. You know, that's another player who's been struggling for goals. You know, coming back to Bertrand, coming back to, Bertrand, coming back to El Ghazi, look, I thought both of them linked up quite well with Jack today. I, I, I really don't think it was a creativity issue. Um, I think first half, maybe... It didn't look like they were completely um, in sync with each other, but it was getting better and better as the game went on. I think it showed that we can maybe make better use of of, of our system. Um, Having a number 10 there really helped in terms of bringing the wingers into play. Jack Grealish uh, really, really helped in in terms of of bringing Traore and El Ghazi into play. Yeah, I don't know where I stand with Bertrand Traore just yet, but um, I'm willing to keep on giving him a chance. I don't think he looks out of place in the side. Yeah, is the one-footedness like a fear at all for you? I mean, there was that one chance where he was like literally like two feet out from goal and the amount of time he took just to hit that. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, but, oh my God, you are so one-footed. <laughs> but, but, but Grealish has done that as well. Yeah, Grealish has done that loads of times before where you kind of like threw on goal and you decide to kind of slip it through for Watkins. True. You know, he's maybe maybe he's shy of taking a shot. I never see Bertrand Traore take shots. 
I mean, that's an issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that is true. I mean, he had another clear cut opportunity on the right to on, on a quick little break and he decided to try to square it across instead of just drilling it at goal. And I think that kind of goes down to your, both of your guys' previous comments. Sometimes you just need to really just drill it at goal. Like maybe you're not going to have the exact kind of precision to place it where you want, but sometimes you just have to and see where it ends up. And I, I guess it's that ruthlessness. I mean, like we, we really can't complain too much. I mean, look at the season we've had so far. We beat Liverpool 7-2. We've had a, plenty of goals this season so far. Of, of course, it's dried up a little bit. That never was going to carry on as a continual thing or we'd probably have the goal record or somehow. It's dried up without Barkley. It's dried up yes. well, you know, without, without a key player in that attack. Well, if you look at Grealish, though, especially today it kind of speaks volumes a lot of people going oh it's jack Grealish fc again well it always is it doesn't matter really who's in there unless you have two of them uh with a different name i don't know i don't understand that i i don't understand that there was there was i did not watch that game thinking oh jack Grealish is carrying villa but he anything for me like i I I thought i saw el ghazi doing just as much he looks for that one player though would you not agree so when Ross Barkley's in there. He looks to make more plays to him. Probably you would say, unless it's obvious to someone else, but more than anything, he looks for Ross today. I thought mainly he was looking for Anwar El Ghazi. Yeah. And I was, think that yeah. was very evident with the amount of chances El Ghazi had today, but Dom, I'll come back to you. And I, I think the other thing in terms of progression that um, is very evident is very pleasing. Cause when I look at this game, even to sum it up in my own words right now, I, I look at it and think, you know what, it's two points drop, but this is another game where I think there's a Twitter comment that said this too, that we easily would have lost this last season. This would have been a game where in the last probably 10 to 15 minutes, we could have lost and we wouldn't have capitalized. And you know what, we showed how dominant we were, we were and it just didn't come off. So keeping that in mind and knowing how, especially last season, we'd start off slow coming out of the gate in the second half. What were your thoughts on that? Because it seemed like the tempo never really dropped. I thought Villa probably ran the most and, um, you know, had the highest intensity, the highest and most consistent tempo, intensity, energy, all these things, probably all season, to be honest. Maybe, you know, the Arsenal-Liverpool games, but I thought, you know, we we didn't stop running. We didn't, you know, Burnley never really had a chance because we were first to every single second ball. We were winning loads of duels. We were pressing really effectively and efficiently and I thought we just got that balance just right but I think that one of the most important things is that last season we didn't have that ruthlessness and I think one of the most important things when you're finishing off a chance or you try to score a goal is finding the balance between forcing the issue which is just taking shots at goal for no reason and then you're just going to go straight to the goalie and when you should be passing it but then there's also passing it when you should be shooting and we just we were, we were falling on the two sides. We had Triorize on, as you say, where he passes at a shooting. We've had chances where you think you just slide in Watkins or just slide in Jack and where our guys is out of shot. So um, I just think we need to f- continue finding that balance. And we never had that balance last season, but for most of this season we have. So the fact that we've lost it for one game, it screams anomaly to me. And I feel like I feel like it's going to come. I just feel like it was a, an unlucky and, again, a not, a not good enough. No, at the end of the day, we it wasn't just an unfortunate misfortune. We weren't good enough at finishing. I think it will come with time. But I think as well, like the other thing is, you know, coming out of this game, heading into the West Brom game now as well. Mm. You know, Dean Smith's not going to go back into training going, oh no, I've got so much to sort out here. What <laughs> no. am I going to do about this? <laughs> what am I going to do about that? to sort that? anything out anyway, let's be honest. No, 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 no. No, I, 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 I get that. But I mean, you're going, going back into training, he's not, he's not going to be worrying his arse off here thinking, what am I going to do with this team? How you know he's he's going to go back into training thinking right okay well finishing was the problem right finishing was the problem how do we fix that 
You know, last season it was the defence. Last season it was, why do we keep on leaking goals? He goes back. Villa go back. They work on it. They sort that out. And now if this is the issue, then fine. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's not the worst issue to have in the world. Like, you you've think, got to score goals, but... Do you think we take a bit of a pass, though? Like, in considering the amount of changes we... Obviously, some we were forced to make and some were oh. obviously an option. Like, it's a depth thing, kind of, again. You're bringing in players that haven't played for a while. And but, you expected of Grealish. And I'll, like, I'll let you get speaking in a sec, Daddy. I just wanted to say something quick. Um, like, you see Grealish and you'll see the regular starters. You're thinking, yes, they should have finished, of course. You look at Watkins as well. But at the same time, these are also players that people are looking at our bench a couple weeks ago and thinking, wow. And I'm probably one of them saying this bench is so championship standard. Like we need to improve this bench quickly and massively in some kind of the near future. And the fact that, to be honest, the fact that we dominated this game with some of those players in there, I'm still a little shocked happened. And I think that even speaks to, like you even said before, Danny, with Nakamba, his passing seems a lot crisper. I think it's the competition in the squad. It's gotten so much better and so much sharper that we're seeing even players that we kind of wrote off last season as flops come back in and say, you know what? They can do a job when needed. You know, I think, I think my question, and I'll, 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 I'll throw the question to Tom, right? Uh, to Dom, sorry, right? But did any of them actually look out of place? Because they didn't, in my, in my view. And I think that's, that's the thing. That's why it still feels like, I've lo- like we've lost two points. Uh, they, 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 they all played really well they all look like Premier League standard players I mean they didn't play particularly badly I, I, I think that the players that they were probably replacing could have done you know decent to better jobs but I don't think they played awfully I think Al Mohamedi was, was solid he was he was good you know Nakamba as you say his passing looked quite good he, he looked he looked all right you know they didn't they didn't look out of play that's the most important thing when you've got a when you know when Nakamba's playing next to John McGinn an unbelievable player when Al Mohamedi's got you know a decent defensive unit around him. You know, when El Ghazi's playing with Ollie Watkins and Jack Grealish up front, it's easy for them to, you know, to look like the odd man out, but I don't think they did. And that does show that our squad depth, there is something there. But also, you know, the fin- the lack of finishing today shows that maybe there isn't enough quality in the squad because, you know, El Ghazi has struggled for goals for a long time then, but doesn't always have the most consistent in-game performance of feeling. There's a lot of, there's a lot of class in there. There's a lot of talent in there. And you can, and I think anyone can see that. But you know, despite him being able to score worldies with his right foot against Bristol City, he doesn't really like using it, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what to make the final ball to do. He, he, his final ball isn't there. His finishing isn't there. And I hope it will come. But you know, you sometimes look at the squad and you think we've got we've got such a good squad at the end of the day. But there's still weaknesses there, and those, that's what I've just pointed out. But the quality of squad depth that we have is underestimated, I think, and that, that I think that's proven tonight, to be honest. Yeah, I I mean, I'll go back to Twitter right now because I I don't really want to bang this drum, but it it got mentioned, so I thought it might be a good talking point nonetheless. Um, So Red J says, people criticize Connor and say he's championship level. Al-Ghazi in brackets, love him for his important goals. Um, Outside the brackets, Triary is not the answer. Would rather see a change of shape. Two up top, Ollie slash Keenan or Wes when he comes back than Al-Ghazi and Triary starting. So with that in mind, Danny, I'll come back to you. The main point I want to focus on is, is Connor Hurahan a little unlucky to get in today? And you and me have discussed this outside the podcast, I don't know how many times, and I know your feelings on him, but what were your thoughts on him not even making an right. appearance today? Well, you don't know my feelings on him. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I do, because <laughs> the amount of times we've spoken about him. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, 
I'm not I'm not a massive believer in in keep the winning team no matter what, right? I I, I think rotation is important, and I think I think you. I think you pick the players based on your opponent. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a, a very very hot take right now. Yeah, I think Nakamba were probably did um, a better job against Burnley than 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 Dougie probably would have. Not not because he's a better player. That's not what I'm saying. But um, but because it suited what we needed, right? Physicality. Connor, Connor Harahan would, did not suit this fixture, in my opinion. He didn't suit this fixture. You know. What 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 this needed was McGinn and Nakamba to just not even allow Ashley Westwood and Brownhill to get any sort of um, grasp on the game, not even get any sort of hold on the game. I thought Nakamba did that. I thought McGinn did that. You know, you only needed the two midfielders there. That that allowed Greenish to kind of go and play in his number ten role. If you'd have played Connor there, you would have had McGinn doing all the defensive work. Um, we had a lot of set pieces. Perhaps Connor Haran would have would have helped with that. I felt that. Yeah, he deserved at least a substitution, um, a substitute appearance later on. But we talked about this before. This is probably this is perhaps one of Dean Smith's biggest weaknesses. Um, the guy doesn't have many, <laughs> but uh, the substitutions issue. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could have come on and changed the game. I'm not sure where I stand with him at the moment. I don't think he set the world alight when he has played so far this season. I think that's an issue. Yeah, it's. It's for me. It's tricky with this game because I, I can see the argument for bringing him on as a substitution later. The thing with Herhan is, I find he needs a little while to get kind of his feet in, in check and kind of get his mind into the game. And w- when you're playing Burnley, they're not going to break at the last minute and try to catch you on the counter in the last 10 15 minutes, especially in the circumstances they're in right now, just trying to get any point they can right now and stay above that relegation zone, considering all the injuries and troubles they've had so far, they're going to set up shop and they're going to sit deep and just hold out. And that's what they did. And if, if we're playing someone on the, say like a Brighton or something, when they're going to play on the counter probably for most of the game and try to get at you every way possible, and you can afford those long ball situations and okay, her hand kind of, it makes sense, but this game, I, I just can't see him, bringing that pace and that physicality that's probably needed to kind of break down that that back line of Burnley which to be fair I, you know what I didn't really want to bring this up but we'll bring it up nonetheless I mean a lot of people aren't a fan of Ben Me. Dom what are your thoughts on him I just want to get someone's thoughts on them because on him and personally because it seems like I mean of course they always go back to the uh, Wesley injury and all that kind of stuff but a little reckless is he not um, he's a, the first thing about you know Ben Mee is that he's a he's a he's a class player. He has been for a long time in terms of his quality. He's been a class player off the pitch as well, and you know vocal support. I think he's had vocal support for like Black Lives Matter and things like that. But I will not change from the fact that on the pitch, in, especially in the last two games we played against each other, he has done a lot to grind my gears. We'll start obviously with a potentially career-ending injury to Wesley with a recklessly dangerous challenge. Again, you know in the in the turf more fixture last year and then today in the first half he sides Grealish down doesn't even get booked for it and then in the second half kicks Watkins in the face now did he kick the ball I don't I don't, I don't know if giving Watkins a nose beating giving him a quite slash on the side of his head I don't know I think that's I dangerous play I don't know if it's fair to say kicked him in the face but yeah, his, his boot was high his boot's very high but like it's right if the ball's not there he's swinging straight into his face his boot is his boot's swinging straight to the face if the ball's not there. It's a dangerous place to put your foot. And I know that Watkins is putting his head on the line, but I, I don't know. I, he does, Ben Mee, does, he's, he's a player that frustrates me. But then again, he's a player that if he was on my team, I'd be saying, what a good, you know, hard, no-nonsense centre-half he is. And he's a good player, but 
yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, he, he, he's, he's a very easy player to uh, get critical of on social media, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I see, this is the thing that I think people, some people, especially on social media, and I think that's the terrible side of it with social media, is they take it personally and then think immediately they're a bad person. I hate when you see fans come out, and it could be about, doesn't even have to be about a, a Villa fixture. It could be a, a challenge that someone gets injured. It might not even be on purpose. And I mean, sometimes it is. Some pe- some players just some will play to hurt. I, everyone's seen in every sport in the past. And it, it, I don't see that with him. I just see him being a physical player. And it just, mm. it annoys me when I see people come out and start calling him every name under the sun, saying he's a terrible person, yada, yada, yada. But Daniel, come to you. Any thoughts on this player in particular? <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I think it's fair to say that, you know, him and Tarkovsky together did a very good job. Um, if Burnley stay up, it's because of those two. That's what, that's what I'll say. They, they have nothing going forward. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, uh, but 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 like as a, as a Villa fan, yeah, I feel nervous when I see him on the pitch. I feel nervous because um, the Wesley challenge was was terrible. The you know what happened last season with Wes uh, with with Wesley and Heaton in the same game, you know, and uh, to me it's just it's a, I I got I don't know how else I can say it, but it's a lack of talent when your side has to you know make tackles from behind players' legs. And make deliberate fouls to stop runs through. I, I understand that, you know, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you tug a player on the back of their shirt to stop them running through. I get that. But there was way too many physical challenges which involved the legs today. And it was just a bit too, um, not just Ben, me, Burnley in general. It was a bit, it was a bit rough. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I just, I feel nervous when he's on the pitch because because he does, he does make dangerous tackles. He does make, dangerous challenges and that's something which you know you you can't you shouldn't really be doing at that at that at that point in his career like he's he's 31 he's experienced you know it's 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 no matter it's no longer a, a matter of clumsiness do you know what i mean yeah yeah some yeah. some some people kind of phase it out of their game and realize that they can adapt and especially in the Premier league i i, I i like you kind of expect some of that maybe in lower divisions where the skill isn't as evident but I mean, I guess that speaks to Burnley as well. I'm not saying they're a dirty club or anything like that, but they're they don't have the greatest investment, of course. That could always be subject to change. I think uh, when I was speaking to Dave Roberts on the preview uh, podcast earlier in the week, um, that's still going on and has been going on since the summer. Um, they, they don't have much investment. It's very of much of a community and local club, so very tight squad they have what they have and they use all the resources to get the best out of it and i mean you have to give kudos to sean dice to even consider where he's got this side to be honest i mean it's remarkable what he's done year in year out and i think that has to be applauded but getting i guess back onto the game and i i think one key talking point a lot of people i saw especially on social media bring up and i'll, I'll come to dom about this next would be Ollie Watkins, I know he blows hot or cold, but in my mind, he does so many things off the ball that I my, we just haven't seen a striker do in years, to be honest. So, Dom, what what was your th- what were your thoughts really on him today? Any negatives? Any positives? I thought that you know, like every single game this season for me, he's he's fan- he's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I, I think that he does so much, as you say, off the ball work. His hold up plays fantastic. Even that little dribble where he's like bouncing it off his thigh, you can see he's got so much class. You know, he's a fast technical player. He's brilliant on the ball. He makes brilliant runs. He's a nightmare to play against for centre halves. 
And I think that he's 28 million well spent. He scored a few goals already. He's going through a little bit of a dry patch, maybe he'd say. You know, you know, he, we know we know how high the standards is that he holds. But as you say, he he is the best striker for Villa. You know, okay, Tammy got the goals, but in terms of general player as well, I generally think he's the best Villa striker we've had since like prime Christian Benteke. Genuinely, I think that he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, shout out to Benteke for scoring um, on Wednesday as well. Great to see he still has the same celebration as he did like seven years ago. Uh, A little bit nostalgia there if uh, you want to go back and see that in any highlight reel that you have available to you. But um, you know what, guys, actually, let's move on to our match balls. Unless, Danny, do you have anything extra you wanted to mention before we kind of preview the West Brom game? Uh, Yeah, no, I think I'm I'm happy. I I think on the Watkins issue, I'm a little bit concerned. Because he he's lacking a bit of a killer instinct at the moment. That seems to be a problem across the entire front line, though. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we see him bang one in. He needs one from open play. He needs a goal pretty soon. Uh, even the penalty was just an indicator of, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the penalty was a bit of an indicator of, of where he was at. Um, the fact that I was that I felt nervous when he was about to take it. Yeah, he needs he needs to grab a couple of goals soon enough because that, that general play is all good. But... Um, we need a striker up top who's going to finish. We need somebody who's going to bang it in the back of the net. And, and Watkins has to be that guy. To be fair to him, though, the, the amount of times I've seen in games, you know, with the, with, you know, with the mics, you can hear a lot more. The amount of times I've seen him say, you know, but play it in, I'm in. Like the amount of positions that he gets into, that he's, as I've said, pre- reference on the podcast, the final ball isn't always there. And there has been some chances where he's, you know, not done well enough. But I also think there's a lot of times where he's got into a position where he's going to score every time and Ross Barkley would find him. Do you know what I mean? Mm, true true we had a lot of shots today and, and too many of them came from the wingers when perhaps they should be feeding the striker mm, yeah no 100 percent. actually that relates well to a question actually we'll continue the Watkins talk here for a few more moments because I just recalled this um so uh Ben Hackison sorry if I butchered your last name like I do everyone else's um the second half of his tweets probably the most relevant so I'll just read that He's um, saying maybe worth playing Watkins on the wing as our chances seem to fall to wingers. I, I'm thinking that's more when Wesley comes back, but do you think Watkins is a pure striker, Danny, or is he meant to maybe play on the wing when Wesley comes back? Because to be honest, I'd be really interested to see how that works. No, I could see him on the wing, but at the same time, um, I feel like he drifts wide anyway when he's when he's up top. And um, uh, look, see, that question's irrelevant at the moment because we don't have another striker. So True. <laughs> Well, we have we have, we have big Keenan. He just can't finish. <laughs> yeah, that's the issue for everybody right now. Oh, true, true. And in fact, in fact, to be honest, right? I to be honest, actually, right? Here's another just another thing about Dean Smith's substitutes. You could tell nothing was going in the into the back of the net a long time before he brought on Keenan Davis. Why only give him ten minutes? Give him fifteen. Give him twenty. You might have had a more um, might have had more of a chance to score then. And when you bring him on, why don't you move Watkins out to the left, El Ghazi to the right and Keenan up front so they can hold up play? And then El Ghazi could just pepper balls across instead of, you know, playing a, a you know a strong hold-up striker out on the right. I thought that was quite strange, but I uh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, I, I exactly. You if you're gonna play if you're gonna put Davis on, in my opinion, you need someone tight to him. He just he hasn't put away those opportunities where you think, okay, another striker probably would. I, I, he's another one where he just needs it to go off his behind or any part of his body. It just needs to go in the net <laughs> and he needs that confidence as well. Cause I think he's another player where I think if one goes in, I'm not going to say you're going to see lots of them. He's going to start banging them in, but you'll see, I, I think 
especially for someone like him, that can improve all assets of his game in terms of hold up play, just directional passing, everything. So it's definitely a confidence thing. But nonetheless, let's get on to our match ball. So, Daniel, come to you first. Who do you give yours to? This is a difficult one. Um, I'm going to give it. (laughs) I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to Anwar. I'm going to give it to Anwar Okazi. I think it was a bit of an issue that he shot too many times. And yeah, it probably was a bit of an issue that he didn't score. But he came closest to scoring. And to be honest, he had bags of energy all game. It would look like if we were going to score a goal, um, it was going to come through him. You know, I was thinking about what substitutions could we make in the 60th, 70th, 80th minute. And I was thinking, well, can't take off Anwar, can you? You can't take him off. As much as Jack Grealish had a very good game, I don't think that he... um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that he did as much as Anwar today, uh, just in terms of going forward. Um, I think Grealish worked well with him and, and, and helped him get in those positions. But um, that, was as much, that was as dominating a performance as I've seen from a Villa winger in a very long time. Uh, um, well, at least a few games since uh, Grealish probably against Arsenal. But yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a very good game from him. He just needs that final product. I hope it goes in for him at some point. Again, if 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 he has an identical game next game and an identical game the game after that, then I wouldn't be giving him the match ball. Um, but for now, I'll just put it down to being unlucky. Fair enough, Dom. How about you? I think I'd agree with pretty much everything that you know Danny's just said there. I think that Al Ghazi had a really dominant performance by his standards, somewhat similar to the the path final, the way that he was getting involved in literally every single attack. However, I on the basis of the amount of chances that he just couldn't put away. I think in the first half, he was probably, you know, more unlucky with the free kick and things like that. But especially in the second half, the amount of chances that he just couldn't put away or he could have passed it and chose to shoot instead. I've got to give it to Jack because I still think that every single, pretty much every single attack had him involved. He was coming deep, but he was going far. He was drifting wide, drifting out to the left, drifting out to the right, getting involved in everything. I don't want to be that Villa fan who just gives Jack man of the match every time because... Jack's Jack, but, but I think El is probably, you know, a really close shout for it, but on the base of the fact that he was so unlucky and lacked some of the quality at times, lacked the confidence I'd say as well, I think I'll probably have to give it to Jack because I think without him I think Burnley probably would have had a much better chance of gaining a foothold in the game actually. No, 100%, that's more than fair. Um, I'll make mine uh, quick and simple. I said it on Twitter, I'm going to go with Marvelous Nakamba, um, and the reason I say that, to be honest, he stepped in and you really didn't have to notice any, I didn't notice any errors. He just stepped in flawlessly. In my opinion, he is a pass. His passing for at least this game um, was, I guess, marvelous to be punny. Um, didn't have any complaints with them. Was clean in the middle. Um, really just swept things up neatly, made passes when it needed to be moving back to the defense, to the goalkeeper was able to move things forward actually quite nicely. And I think that's been one aspect of his game where at least I've noticed is definitely, he's one of those players where if, if he's on the ball too long, and he has too much time to think he has an error in him. And there were, were some times when he held on to it and he looked a lot more composed and a lot more um, kind of confident in himself. So uh, kudos to him and uh, more to come. And hopefully we can see a little bit more of him here and there when needed. Um, but you know what let's preview uh, West Brom on Sunday there's not going to be an opposition one for that because frankly this will go up on Friday the game Sunday it's pointless to have another podcast go up um, so we so will you want to open this kind of worms called yes because Sam Allardyce <laughs> is back of course we play uh... West Brom on Sunday at the Hawthorns and 
it's really annoying that Slavin Bilic, to, in my opinion, unfairly got sacked. I mean, the ownership group at West Brom seems like an absolute joke. He gets sacked, and of course, they. I'm thinking, oh no, okay, you might get the new manager balance, but you know what? Maybe they won't have a manager, and of course, it's Big Sam, so you immediately know what to expect. So, Danny, I'll come to you. What do you expect, and how are you feeling about this game now? <laughs> no, it'll be a mess. Villa will win. It'll be a mess. Um, personally, I think yeah, I think I think it's a Villa win. As long as they can put away some opportunities, right? That's that's that, that's where we lie here with Villa. I know that Villa are going to dominate the game. I know that Villa are going to, you know, walk over them creatively because West Bromwich Albion aren't a great team. I mean, they were getting to that, you know, under Billich. Billich had them starting to play some decent football. They looked like they were they, they looked like they were getting there, in my opinion, in the last couple of games. But hey ho, um, that's it. Like Billich is gone. Big Sam's in. Those players. For me, they were putting in a lot of effort. You know, a lot of those, a lot of those guys, perhaps you know, borderline championship to Premier League standard. They 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 needed a little bit of time. They needed uh, a little bit of coaching, uh, a little bit of um, what's the word? Um, TLC, right? They were getting there. They were getting there. Conor Gallagher's getting there. Uh, Dean Garner looks to be a very good player when he's on the pitch. Um, Ajayi's getting there as well. A player that they brought in from Rotherham of all clubs. Uh, Carlin Grant, uh, a little bit like Ollie Watkins at the moment, and that he's he's snatching at shots when, but but getting into those positions, and yeah, I just think that uh, Big Sam isn't gonna have them playing uh, as hard as they would have done for for Billich. I yeah. think there's gonna be a bit of a morale issue. I think the players might just dip a little bit, um, maybe perks him up, perhaps, but I, I I honestly doubt it. So for me, I'm not expecting much of a much of a fight i shouldn't say that because it's foreshadowing but there you go yeah now we're gonna get smacked like three nil or actually watch it'll be like an extra t- an extra time in the second half it'll be nil nil and or something like that and of course <laughs> like i it's, it, i just it feels like as soon as sam allardyce is appointed i'm like fantastic you just know what to expect now but of course um what they played on was it tuesday or wednesday i mean he's only gonna have a matter of a few days to really kind of well you can't really implement much it's just going to be probably back to basic simplicity and essentially just really trying to see what he can get out of this game and then build on from there so dom i'll come back or i should come to you i should say um how you feeling about this one and i guess with that being said how do you think villa can break this west brom side down um i think you know if you compare burnley and west brom you've got two defensively oriented managers i'd say who are going to make it difficult for you to play, who are going to have a good physical battle with you. I'd say that both sides have got quality going forward. I thought, you know, brief, brief mention to Dwight McNeil, I think he's a fantastic footballer, showed it again today. But, you know, you've got Matthias Pereira and the one, you know, as well as the ones that Danny mentioned down there, who are, I don't think, actually, Pereira might be suspended. Actually. I don't think, I don't think Pereira's playing, no. Oh, is he not? No, I'll tell something in my head, sorry. But yeah, um, you know, quality players like that are going to make it difficult for us. But I think it could well be a story very similar to today where we dominate the game. But, and maybe you don't end up with the swallows, but I'm hoping that the finishing just comes on Sunday, that the fact that it didn't come today. So I'm still feeling very optimistic. I'm confident that we'll have a similar performance in us. Hopefully, yeah. you know, if Cash and Louise can come back and provide some fresh legs to, um, you know, assist what will be a bit of a jaded squad, I think, after playing 90 minutes on Thursday. I hope that'll be enough to see us there, and I think we should really be beating this West Brom side. Oh, absolutely. I, I think one thing, like, uh, massive positive, like you just said, and of course, you can probably expect Cash and Louise to come in and then, of course, we don't know the status of Ross Barkley. Maybe he does. I still think it might be a little too soon. And I personally, I don't really want to 
risk him. I, I think there's other games that he'd be much more needed for. And, you know, if it does and he does play, that's awesome. That's three crucial players that, in my opinion, it gives me 10 times more confidence than I already have going into this game. It's just one of those games that, especially with all those changes on there, and it screams to me that they're going to play tight and compact. It's going to be tough to get some opportunities. So kind of thinking of today, we're going to have to be much more clinical and take those opportunities. And we've already seen it a few times. And I mean, the man was in goal for us and almost helped us get promoted. That being Sam Johnston. Uh, We know his qualities. We know how much of a good goalkeeper he can be at times. Um, Albeit we beat them in the playoffs and yeah, it kind of sucked for him at that time. No offense, but uh, if there's a West Brom fan (laughs) listening to this somehow, um, I offended you. I don't know if I apologize or not, but anyways, um, anyways, let's uh, get this thing wrapped up. We'll do our score predictions and we'll sign off here because I think our uh, recording time is almost up. So Danny, I'll come to you next for the score or first, I should say for the score prediction. What's yours? Um, God, should I even do this? <laughs> do it. <laughs> do four nil Villa. Ooh. <laughs> So now we're gonna get smashed, okay? Nice. <laughs> Dom, how no, I, I told look, listen, listen. I, I I try not to go with emotion when it comes to these things. Fair enough. And Fair uh, enough. I'm like, on Thank paper, Villa are a very good team going forward. On paper, <laughs> right? Like so, yeah. yeah. Four 0 I'd probably say two 0 I don't. I, I I do. I do. Have, I do have the optimism. Maybe not to the same extent that Danny does with four. But you know, two 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 nil will be happy enough for me. One nil is enough for me. Just a win is enough for me. And Ollie Watkins' goal is enough for me. That's no, that's that's more than fair enough. I I don't know if I'm making you guys more nervous with what I'm saying here. I just I don't know. I I always hate these quote unquote managerial balances. They lose a manager and then everyone the the morale seems to get up a but, little bit. But I think for this one, it's one of those where I think even the players are going to feel like. Um, Village was really hard done by, and I think they really liked him. So I don't know how that's going to react right there. But Dandy, you were going to say something? No, I was going to say, Cole. Yeah, this is a different situation, isn't it? Like you yeah. said, you, you said it yourself. Like this is in a, this is in a situation of, all oh, right, we've been doing terribly, but a new man is in, and we're going to play for him because we believe in him. This is going to be a situation of, well, oh, Slav's gone. That's a shame. No, you know? not, yeah, that's, that's that's where we're at. No, that's fair. It uh, to be honest, we could absolutely spank them. It's just one of those things. I think a lot of people, including me, read into them and then overthink about it. And if anyone knows me, I love to overthink about really stupid things. So, nonetheless, I'm gonna go with something that goes completely against what I've been talking about for the last few minutes. I'll go three one Villa. I think we'll concede. I think that I think they'll score one. I can just see it being. Um, a local derby and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think we'll be more clinical. I think when you have Cash and Louise back in the middle, I, I think it's going to allow a few more players to be a little bit more freed up. I want to see Ollie Watkins score, and I think you will, and I think Grealish will as well. So we'll, we'll see who gets the third. But nonetheless, I think there's a, another win there and another uh, way to send us into Christmas. Very, very happy considering the state the world is in right now. But anyways, um, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thanks both to Danny and to Dom for joining me. Of course, Dom, if they want to find you, where can they find you? At Dom Phillips underscore one is my Twitter handle. And that's where I do most of my waffling and where most of my stuff can be found from. So if you, you know, obviously if you want to find me, that's where I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, if you want to find Danny, it's at Rouse Journal. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. Of course, you can tweet us at 7500 to Holt. Email the podcast at holtcast.gmail.com. We'll leave it there. Hopefully a positive result on Sunday against West Brom. And don't forget up the Villa.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.